The only time that holy is applied to humanity is when it's a collective, when it's a plural. Mm. And so in order for me to have salvation, you have to have salvation right. too. Right. You have to have salvation too. Mm. I can't be saved by myself. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Elevate Retake. My name is Michael, and I'm the teaching pastor for Elevate, a community fellowship of Keen Church. On Elevate Retake, you can expect to hear thought-provoking, biblically-based messages that I and some of my friends present. We want you to experience faith as the continual, everyday process of learning more about the Bible, ourselves, and about God. And I believe this podcast will be just what you need to come to a closer relationship with God. We've got a fantastic new season planned for you. It's called You Gotta Try This. And I'd like to introduce you to someone. Her name is Danae. She'll be your host for this season and guide you through each topic. Danae? Thanks, Michael. Today's episode is Try Community. The engaged question is, why do we need each other? And the key passage we're going to be kind of speaking from mainly is Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. This is what it says. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And what that means by the day approaching is is the second coming of Jesus. The closer it gets, the more we need to be meeting together. So the key theme for today, our experience with God is a personal one, but it's never private. We don't need to cloister in ourselves. We need each other in order to truly experience a relationship with God. It it is not a hermit activity. So there is an invitation that we have right now to an experiential and experimental relationship with God. The guests today are Raul Alvarez and Simu Cialoga. Both are senior theology students at Southwestern Adventist University, and they're also pastoral interns at the Keene Church. We're diving in to try community. Why do we need each other? Hmm. So, why do we need each other? You want to talk for us, Simu? Oh, sure. Uh, (laughs) Why do we need each other? Oh. Great question. Uh, by the way, uh, keep your questions uh, easy, please. For the <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, why do we need each other? I think, uh, you know, uh, what Evelyn said is true. We need support. Mm. No man is an island. And uh, from the very beginning mm. of the time of uh, creation, uh, there was this uh, community mm. amongst the Trinity. Mm. So we have the very concept of community, the need for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's also a marriage in chapter uh, Genesis chapter 2. Mm-hmm. So man needs woman. So uh, woman <laughs> needs right. man. That's right. <laughs> but I think right. man needs woman more. Right? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we need each other. There's, uh, there's no way possible how we can live a uh, blessed and a happy life without mm. having uh, others around us. Mm. That's, right. that, that's pretty deep. You know, following what Samu just said, uh, I always like to say this saying that I saw in, in Israel. I already told you guys, but like when I went to a classroom, I, I went to learn uh, yeah. Hebrew and and. And there was a sign right there in the classroom that said, uh, if you want to go far, uh, if you want to go fast, go alone, go by yourself. Uh, but if you want to go far, far, then, you know, you got to go with somebody, go right. with people. And right. that's, that was pretty deep. And um, if I look back to my freshman year and look now where I'm at right now, I can say that I didn't make it by myself. I need my community. Mm-hmm. I needed my community. I needed my people. And by the grace of God, we're here. And these are these are our last Sabbath here in King, which is crazy. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Yeah, this community, the Southwestern Adventist University mm-hmm. community, the Keene Church community has been something that's been both of your homes mm-hmm. for the past four years. That's right. I know I was a student here for four years and, mm-hmm. and loved the community mm-hmm. that I was a part of. And there's something about a body of believers mm-hmm. coming together 
to be in community, mm-hmm. to rub shoulders with each other. And because of COVID-19, we can't physically rub right. shoulders. I mean, we can kind of like elbow bump and some of those <laughs> other things, uh, but we can't do that. So today we want to jump into a passage in Hebrews chapter 10, mm-hmm. verses 19 through 25. And Semu, would you mind reading Hebrews chapter 10, 19 through 25? Sure. Uh, here we go. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which the consecrated for us, through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Now let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Mm. 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 So there is that, you know, kind of down at the end, there's this idea of the day approaching. Mm. And that's a, a, a biblical language is for saying that Jesus is coming back. Right. And I know... I, this is a little bit tangential to our topic, but I think it ties us in. Somebody this week and last week has been asking the question on Slido, is the, car- the coronavirus a sign of Jesus coming soon? Mm. Uh, yes and no. Is it the sign that tells us he's coming tomorrow? No, because the Bible says, hey, we don't. Nobody nobody knows, knows the day or That's the hour. Right. Right? Right. But if we look at Matthew 24, and if we see from our study today, mm-hmm. there's this idea that there's this ever approaching that Jesus is mm. coming. And this is probably one of the things that should remind us mm. that says, oh, Jesus is coming. Maybe I need to try community. Maybe I need to try beauty. Maybe I need to try some of these things in the Christian walk in order for me to draw closer to God. Mm. So as we look forward to that day drawing near, Paul's giving us some exhortation. Well, I said Paul. We don't necessarily know who wrote the book of Hebrews. (laughs) Some scholars say it was Paul. Some say it was Peter. Some people say it was some other person. We have no idea. I personally think it was Paul, but we're just going to leave there. The author of Hebrews is letting us know that there's a couple of important things that we need to be doing. But before we get to that, Semu, you brought this out yesterday as we were talking. Mm. There's a therefore in verse 19, right? Mm -hmm. So what is the therefore, therefore? Oh, good question. (laughs) Good question. Um, Well, the whole uh, foundation or the whole theme of uh, Hebrews, as we all know, the author is uh, wants to shine light on the sanctuary. Mm. So it's like a portrait picture where he's giving us Mm. or a tour He's taking us to the sanctuary. And uh, here in verse uh, 10, to make a long story short, here in in chapter 10, he's taking us into wanting us to have a most holy experience with him. Mm -hmm. And uh, he takes us into into the most holy place where we find the high priest, where we can go through the veil now that has been cut because of Jesus Mm -hmm. and has been split. And uh, But he says, uh, I always enjoyed uh, each furniture that is a part of the sanctuary uh, structure. And, it, you know, it gives us the process that we ought to go through in, in our Christian lives. Mm. Uh, first, we have, you know, the, the, the altar of uh, a sacrifice, you know, where we accept the, the very sacrifice that Christ has done on our behalf mm. and on, on the altar course. And then we have the uh, labor, which is, you know, symbolized baptism. And then we go into the holy place, into the sanctuary. Mm. Then we have the uh, showbread, and, you know, which represents the word of God. We have the altar incense, which represents prayer. Mm. And then we come to the candlestick, where it represents mm. Community, mm-hmm. being a light out there. Uh, yeah. But God uh, wants us to uh, wants us to go even deeper than that mm-hmm. and have a most holy experience where, a most holy place experience where now the uh, commandments of God are written on our hearts. And I think that that is the foundation mm-hmm. for us wanting to do community is that, you know, mm-hmm. God wants to write uh, his commandments on our hearts so that we can now go out That's and right. be a, a better light or a uh, 
brighter lights mm -hmm. for right. his uh, for his community. Right. That's so, right. Raul, at, kind of picking back on what mm -hmm. Sema was saying, there's this idea in Hebrews that God has established a relationship through us. Mm -hmm. And Chaplain April and I talked about this last week mm -hmm. uh, when we were talking about trying beauty, right. talking about the significance of the sanctuary. But there seems to be this idea that the, the beauty of the sanctuary and the relationship that's described in the tabernacle, in the sanctuary, mm -hmm. then leads us to... A relationship with other people right mm. right no i agree 100 with that pastor i i do believe that community goes beyond the church i think that community is not it's not only the church but also um i don't know why sometimes i feel like i'm super business minded mm -hmm. but um but, some, but like i think that i would say like i explained you guys yesterday let's say if we um we this church let's say we have a thousand two thousand members that will regularly come to church um, and then we have a uh, business here, a city, 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 uh, city station, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, restaurant. That's right. right. The restaurant. And um, it's an Adventist restaurant, right? Yeah. And let's say if all the members stop by a day of the week only to buy a soda, a dollar, mm -hmm. you know, or like a dollar and 50 cents. Mm -hmm. Let's say if we all go there to support, just to support the business. Mm -hmm. Those, that's like a, a, approximately a thousand dollars that that business is going to receive. Right. By that business receiving that money, then we're going to be blessed as a family, as a community. Mm -hmm. By we, you know, us being blessed as a community, then more offerings and tithe will come to the church. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And then by by receiving, like, giving those offerings and tithe to the church, then we can take the gospel to another level Can because mm -hmm. then we can help other people. We can uh, bring the gospel even to those countries that they don't have access to, to, right. to the gospel. Right. So I think that um, a community goes way beyond the church. What if we, as a community help each other as a family mm -hmm. help each other let's say i'm um, this 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 week i'm going to go to an adventist business i'm just going to go there and buy a soda mm. i'm supporting my family i'm supporting my community and that's what community is all about yeah. i like i like how in the bible when we talk about uh miriam uh moses and Aaron, you yeah. know they were siblings yeah. and they would call each other uh siblings uh but there's a problem and that was that Miriam and Aaron were talking against Moses. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about that, but like to me, that's kind of like a big illustration. Because here in the church, we call each other brothers and sisters. Ooh. And yeah, we talk about against each other. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's kind of like a community. It goes beyond the church. Yeah. Because even, even if we're not in the church, we still need to support each other. Right. And if we are my brother... If you're happy, I'm supposed to be happy. Mm. If you're my brother, yeah. if your business is going well, yeah. then I'm I'm good because yeah. you're my brother. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Your happiness is my happiness too right. because we are a community. Yeah. So and our I community goes beyond the church. There's the, the passage, ah, it's mm. skipping my mind now the exact reference, but mm. I think it's in 1 Corinthians or one of the Pauline right. letters that says, rejoice with those who are rejoicing and weep with those who are weeping. That's powerful. Right? That's powerful. We're all connected. That's right. And I was as I was doing some, some study of this particular topic this week, mm. Um, some of you may have heard of uh, the scholar by the name of Tim Mackey. He's mm -hmm. one of the guys that does the Bible Project. Mm -hmm. And he's got a series of videos kind of on community in this. And he was talking about this very thing, about how we in the church sometimes, and he equated the church sometimes with a bag of marbles. Mm -hmm. you ever seen a bag of marbles? Mm -hmm. They kind of all clank around against each other and they, they move around in all mm -hmm. different capacities. And they're always zinging by one another, but they never mm -hmm. come into real contact. Mm -hmm. And he says, sometimes the church acts like that because we're all our individual marbles and we look really beautiful by mm -hmm. ourselves. Mm -hmm. We serve a purpose. We can play some marbles and whatnot. You mm -hmm. stick them in a bag and like, oh, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But there's not a true connection. It's a very harsh connection. Mm -hmm. And almost some marbles are jockeying to get mm -hmm. to the top and some mm -hmm. to the bottom and this right. way and that way. Right. But he says, we as a church, perhaps borrowing an illustration from Jesus, mm -hmm. we need to be like a cluster of grapes. Right. 
because grapes are look similar to marbles. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, they can be beautiful. They're nourishing for the soul. But the difference between grapes and marbles is that grapes are connected to the vine. Right. right. And yes. grapes are placed in a p- specific purpose. And there's only four or five other grapes mm-hmm. that are touching any one mm-hmm. individual grape. Mm-hmm. And all the while, each grape is connected to one each other through the vine. I'm, I'm not a vineyard keeper, so I don't know all the technical <laughs> terms for <laughs> what the, the branch and the everything that goes together. But the idea is we're all connected, mm-hmm. ultimately going back to the same source. Right. Mm-hmm. And Jesus talks about this That's in John right. chapter 15. Mm-hmm. says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Any branch that bears you know, good mm-hmm. fruit, it will be great. Mm-hmm. Any branch that doesn't, going to be torn down and put in the fire and like, well, mm-hmm. it's not good stuff. Mm-hmm. But we as a church community... We need to be like grapes. Mm. And it means that we, we're connected. What you do has bearing on my life. What That's you do right. has bearing on my life. What we do, each other, we think that we're mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. isolated beings out in the universe that our actions have no bearing on, mm. on any other people, mm. but that every single action that we do has bearing on the others. That's right. You think about the grapes? Mm-hmm. One little grape sours? That's right. There's something wrong with that whole cluster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if that is le- if that grape is left to be there and mm-hmm. to sour more and more, mm-hmm. the rest of the grapes are going to get sour too. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, maybe some of the people that are within our communities, the sour grapes haven't been taken out. The Come sourness on now. has been Come spread. On. Come but on now. I don't know. <laughs> it's easier to say when there's hardly anybody in the pews. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> <doing> the live stream. <laughs> Oh, man. So this other idea that I want to tack on to as we are kind of using this analogy of marbles and grapes is that our experience with God is personal. Absolutely. Mm. We're connected mm. to the vine. Mm. But almost never is our experience with God private. Mm. In that God's going to tell me something that he's not going to tell anybody else. And I'm going to be the sole proprietor of some type of theology or information that the whole world needs to hear. Right. Then I'm the person that's going to bring mm. it. So let's turn a little bit and talk about that. How does our experience with God being personal as we experiment as an experiential relationship Mm. with God, how do we balance that, that personal connection with God and with the idea that it's not necessarily private Mm. and somebody else might have an influence on my life? Mm. Well, that was a great thought and a great question. Uh, It's interesting that when you pray or when uh, God calls you uh, into a relationship with him, uh, you can do those things by yourself where you can pray Mm-hmm. You can read the word. But yeah, he says, when you pray and read your word and come into connection with me, now go on and tell somebody or mm-hmm. go and try community. So I think um, as a natural response in, into what we uh, experience with God, you know, and that excitement and that mm-hmm. joy where mm-hmm. we can't wait to tell somebody else. And uh, it's like um, uh, you being saved um, uh, by, you know, maybe you almost drowned one time where, you know, and the life experience that you have where somebody came and plucked you out right. from the water. And now, man, you Either. are, uh, you know, you're alive, That's you're breathing. Right. <laughs> so when you see somebody else drowning, you know, you know what they're going through. So mm-hmm. you, uh, without thought, without thinking, you want to go out there and, and, and rescue them as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think uh, that with the Christian experience, uh, when we uh, individually go and really pray and understand what God has done on our behalf, mm-hmm. you know, I understand that uh, Jesus has uh, tried community with us. Mm-hmm. And he's the greatest example that we have of community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, it, it shines a greater light uh, or it shines a greater light on our joy that we ought to have to go and share that, uh, that mm. joy and that light with others. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. And the passage that we're looking at today, Hebrews chapter 10, 19 through 25, specifically in verse 22, let's draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with a pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, Mm. 
not forsaking our own assembling together. And we're going to get to how we do that amidst COVID in a moment, mm. <laughs> as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So this idea coming straight out of the book of Hebrews chapter 10, that we have to hold one another accountable. Mm. And sometimes we might have to say something to our brother or to our sister that stirs them up. Mm. And that says, brother, sister, you know, you were, I, I, I saw this, this mm. part of your character came right. out and that, that fit of rage or that, that I didn't even want to name stuff, mm. <laughs> but we might have to say something to somebody else and somebody else might mm. have to say something to us. Right. Mm. Right. So how do we balance that? What's the significance of community with this idea that we then have the opportunity to people to say things about us and to call us out a little bit, mm. but then also to encourage us as well. How do we balance that? Mm. that that's a really good question. Um, Pastor, I think that we need some friends that will tell us the things that are not, not the things that we want to hear, but the things that we need to hear. And uh, uh, those are hard to find. But like, I think that that's the importance of, of uh, a community. Mm-hmm. If we're a community, we need to help each other in every single way. If I see something in my brother that I, um, like I told you, we're family, mm-hmm. we're a community, we're family. Mm-hmm. And I see something that um, you're doing that it might hurt you in the, in the future. It might do something to your career or whatever you're going through, your marriage, I don't know, your relationship. Mm-hmm. It is my duty to talk to you yeah. and tell you, hey, brother, this is what I see. What do you think? How we can fix it? And we're on this together. Right. And that's why, it, that's the beauty, that's the beauty, the beauty of the of community. Mm-hmm. And and I always ask my parents when we talk and we have our family family worship, how will fa- how will people feel out there? How the people out there that don't believe in God, the people that don't have God in their hearts, how do they feel when they're going through stuff and they don't have anybody to talk to? Mm-hmm. How does that feel? Ooh. I don't win, I don't even want to be in that position. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in that position. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine living a life without a God? Wow. Somebody that you can you can you can like you don't have anybody to talk to. Yeah. And I mean, if, if we have God as our father, then that means that we have siblings. Mm. And that's the beautiful, that's the beauty of the church. Mm-hmm. We have a father who, you know, he's almighty and he's everlasting, the beginning of the end, Alpha and Omega. But we, will, we also have a family. It's not perfect. It's imperfect. <laughs> but that's our family and that's all we got. That's so, right. yeah, I think that at all times, you know, we got to trust God. But we also need to talk to our community and our family mm-hmm. for those uh, things that we need to hear, not the things that we want to hear. Yeah, yeah. That's and um. In my own experience, I think it's been the latter, where people have needed me, uh, needed to tell me things that mm-hmm. were wrong. Right. And uh, you know, uh, many times uh, it's my natural inclination to sit back and look, and then uh, and then uh, observe somebody and be like, "Oh man, you know," uh, yeah. and then start talking uh, uh, for better uh, word trash about somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but you know, uh, uh, I come to believe that the greatest danger of a sinner is another sinner. Mm. Hmm. What do I mean? that a little bit. Mm. What do I mean by that? Yeah, what do you mean? I mean, the greatest challenge that we have is not looking at our own sin, but looking at the sin of others mm. and then causing uh. judgment upon them. Yeah. Where God tells us, hey, mm. take that piece of wood out of your eye first mm. <laughs> before you go out and, and you know, start talking about somebody. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, as a community, we ought to uh, not only uh, be uh, so quick to judge or so quick to uh, mm. pluck the... Uh, the, the piece of wood out of somebody else's eyes, but we ought to, you know, uh, really gather ourselves. And, uh, you know, God tells us, God has told me time after time, like, hey, you ain't perfect either. Mm, you know, that's you right. You ain't perfect that's either, right. brother. Yeah. That's you right. Know? So, yeah. so I, I praise the Lord for a community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in the past, it has been my mom who has been that person who has 
told me off well, countless times. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm married, it's been my wife. My wife is watching. Amen. So, you know, you, you guys need community, bro. <laughs> that's right. No, that's community. crazy. You know, talking about what Simu was saying, I remember my dad would tell me this story of, of a member of the church that would always tell him, hey, um, I don't go to that church because that church is imperfect. Mm. There are a lot of sinners in that church. Mm. And uh, my dad was like, so what are you waiting for? He's like, I'm waiting so I can find the right, the right, the right church, the perfect church. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, well, let me know when you find it. <laughs> because when you find it, and if you start going there, that church is going to become imperfect well, because you're not perfect, brother. <laughs> and I was like, that's crazy. Some people think that, that the church is perfect. The church yeah. is not perfect, but God is perfect. Yeah. Right. And we're not, right. we don't come to see each other. We come to see God. And mm-hmm. by seeing God, then we all become a community. Right. And we, in the Bible, from the biblical perspective, we are not saved by ourselves. Right. You know, there's this this song, and I, I'm sorry if, if this is your, your favorite song. There's a song called Above All, mm. uh, which I really used to like. It's a fantastic song. Mm. And one of the lyrics of the song is, you took the fall and thought of me mm. above all. Right. And I think to a certain extent, that's probably true, but how selfish mm. for me to think like Jesus is hanging on the cross and he thought he had to think of me. Mm. I think he's thinking of everybody. Mm. And from the biblical perspective, there's mm. this term called hagios, which is the, the Greek word for holy. Mm-hmm. And when it's in the singular, it always reply, applies to God. Mm. So God is holy. Mm. He's a singular being who's holy. And there's some faith traditions that talk about the saints and the, the veneration of the saints and, and people that are esteemed above other people and there's worship towards those saints and other things. But never in the Bible is the, the singular form of the word holy applied to an individual. Mm. The only time that holy is applied to humanity is when it's a collective, when it's a plural. Mm. And so in order for me to have salvation, you have to have salvation right. too. Right. You have to have salvation too. Mm. I can't be saved by myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not holy by myself. Mm. But as God works to restore humanity, mm-hmm. it's in that context in humanity. So it, it goes completely opposite of what you were saying earlier, Simo, how people tend to, to poke fingers at the sinners mm. around them and say, I'm better than you on this, on that, on that, mm. and the other thing. No, I'm no better. In fact, I need you mm. even more so now to come and do a better understanding of what it means to be a part of the body of Christ mm. and what it means to be in relationship mm. with God. Amen. Amen. That was powerful. But how do you, how do, the question is, how do we build community, Pastor, in yes. the midst of this whole thing? Yes. That's a hard question right now. <laughs> we don't have no church open right now. So That's right. And you were sharing yesterday as we were talking about right. this, your illustration of sampling mm. from Costco mm. and the, the uh, business model. Uh, yeah. You want to talk about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah for sure. Yeah. That was something that uh, when I hear, when I heard you guys um, talking about, about experiencing God and sampling God, uh, you and Pastor Ross a couple, a couple of Sabbaths ago, um, uh, it was it was beautiful to see how God like brought this to my mind because I already had it. I, I was already thinking about it, but uh, I hadn't I had not shared it yet. And mm-hmm. uh, I think in the business world, in the marketing world, uh, sampling is the best uh, business research. If you want to get more uh, people, if you want to get people to come to your business or whatever it is, sampling is the best one because people will try what you have. And yep. then if they like it, they will come back. They will get it. But that's not only the that's not only the reason why it's the best um, uh, marketing research. It is the best marketing research because people that sample when when you go to Walmart or Costco or whatever H E B you go there and people are giving you free samples. Uh, people try them, but they will always come back because they know that they can get something for free in that supermarket. Mm-hmm. They would always get something for free in that supermarket. So they not all the time they buy what they try, yeah. but they will come back. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing about I think I think that some of some of us 
mm-hmm. as Christians, are used to sampling God. Mm-hmm. And we come to a church and try the sermon mm-hmm. that the pastor preached. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we that means that we were gonna we we're gonna come back every Sabbath. It was a good more. sermon. Yeah, right? that's right. It was yeah. good sermon. So yeah. we're gonna come back next Sabbath. Uh-huh. But we're missing out. We we're uh-huh. missing the whole point because the sermon is supposed to give us Jesus, so we can get him and take it home, Ooh. and we can eat him whenever whenever we want to. We can get uh-huh. Jesus whenever we want to. Yes. Mm. Now now this is the thing. That's why some of us are depressed right now, have anxiety, you know, mm-hmm. that we have to be uh, in our room 24-7 and we yeah. can't go out and, and stuff like that because we did not get Jesus when we could. Mm-hmm. We, we, did not buy, we, we didn't buy the product. Mm-hmm. So sampling is about getting the product, mm-hmm. take it home mm-hmm. so you can eat it whenever you want to. Yeah. Some of us just come sample and come back every Sabbath. Right. But now we don't have a church. Wow. How do we feed ourselves? Yeah. Are we gonna, so how are we going to go to church? How are we going to get Jesus? Yeah. We left him in the church. The pastors mm. had him, you know. So mm. it is it is our responsibility to uh, feed ourselves and buy the product. If we go to church, we gotta buy the product, go yeah. back home, and then eat it and enjoy it. Yeah, and yeah. that's what God that's what God wants to do. Right. I like how the Bible says in, in Psalms uh, one twenty two. I was glad when they said unto me, "Let us go into the house of the of the of the Lord." Uh-huh. That what they saying. He. I like that. Like the 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 psalm is talking in plural. Let's go. Let us go. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right. if, if he's saying, let us go, it's because we're here right now together. Yeah. If I tell you guys, let's go to my house, it's because we are here right now together. Right. So I like how David is trying to say, let's go to the house of the Lord, but we're, we're here right now together. Mm. And we can start that community right now. Mm-hmm. Not only sampling, but experiencing God. Right. That way we can we can get him and we can talk to him whenever we want to. Absolutely. And yeah, sampling is a, is, a, is an amazing <laughs> thing. It's an amazing thing. Sampling is amazing, bro. That's right. <laughs> you know, all times like, when I go to the Sam's Club or Costco, mm-hmm. sampling is uh, you know to make myself food. It's right. Like, not just a pick and you know mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. You gotta get the whole <laughs> you know, product. You gotta get the whole product. Yeah, you gotta get the you whole know, product. So you gotta go home with it. If yeah. You gotta come around <laughs> twice or three times. It's all good. That's you know right. I mean? <laughs> but in that uh, in that concept, what Raul was sharing mm-hmm. is that yeah. uh, maybe that's the that's the issue. Mm-hmm. Many people come empty looking right. for samples at the church. Right. Where the whole week we should have to be filling ourselves right. with God, with prayer, and so when we come to uh, church, mm-hmm. the sermon, mm-hmm. the music, the right. uh, everything else mm-hmm. is just yeah. an overflow. It so is. now it's overflowing. It's, we're full. We're too much. Come on. So now we go out there and we try community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta try this stuff. Deep. I have too much. I yeah. Too much. Overflowing. I like overflowing, that. <laughs> and I think that leads us to kind of this finishing Amen. point as we wrap up our conversation mm-hmm. this morning. Uh, somebody put a, a question into the Q&A mm-hmm. um, and it reads like this. Community is bigger than attending church and potluck. Mm-hmm. So they make that statement. And then they ask, what's your take on community with those who don't go to church or don't consider themselves religious? Mm. And I think that's a powerful question that is. because mm. our invitation this morning is twofold to everybody watching this and everybody listening to it later. Because when we are in community, mm. when we're in genuine community with other people, that is where religion happens. Mm. That's where Christianity happens. Mm. Paul's saying, don't forsake our assembling together. We got to do that a little bit differently now because of COVID. It's got to be digital. You've got to put in your questions by Slido and kind of watch a live stream and some of these other things. Mm. But at the end of the day, Mm. if we truly are following after Jesus' example and we're staying away from the example of the marbles Mm. and we're being grapes, each and every one of us has an individual responsibility to reach out to the four or five grapes that we're touching. I can't pastor all the 3,000 people that are on the books here at Keene. I know like not even a 10th of everybody's names and I'm a little bit ashamed. Right, yeah. But what I can do 
is I can reach out to the people that are immediately around me. I can lean in to the people that are close, make myself available, of course, but lean into those who are close, closest to us. So in response to the person that's asking that question, what's the take on community with those who don't go to church and don't consider themselves religious? We as Christians have to be their community. Right. And not in a weird way, not in a way that's like sidle up to them and be like, you're my project now mm. and I'm going to get you to come to Elevate at a key <laughs> right. church. Be a friend. Wow. Be someone who looks after those around you. Right. Wow. I think, you know, God uses us in, um, in different ways. Mm. And uh, I believe that there are people who will be in heaven who have not read the Bible. Mm. But I do believe that God has called us Christians who have the opportunity to read his word to connect with them, mm-hmm. to live a lifestyle that uh, live out there, mm-hmm. live as if we're the only Bible that somebody's going to read mm-hmm. through our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. What we do, what we say. Amen. I like that. Following what you guys said uh, right now, it, it touched me that um, sometimes as a community, we treat people like projects, mm-hmm. like the pastor said. And uh, but we don't like to be treated that way either. We don't like that. And uh, what if what if from now on, we start treating people as a community, as a family? not project that way if you don't come if you want to come to church that's fine i still love you if you don't want to watch the the elevate i send you the link i send you everything you know i send you uh the conversation i send you the zoom link and uh so you can connect uh and if you do it i'll love you because you're my brother but if you don't do it i'll I'll still love you yeah because that is not you're not a project it's not about what i can get from you but what god can do through you so um, yeah, like I, if I would challenge myself right now, I would challenge myself to treat others as a family and as a community mm-hmm. and not as projects because mm-hmm. God doesn't treat us as projects. That's right. So the invitation to everyone watching this morning and to those of you that are going to be listening later is to try community. Mm-hmm. If you're a person uh, who's watching this as a stumbled upon this stream or uh, this podcast that'll be later released and whatever, we invite you to try the Christian community, try the Seventh-day Adventist community, mm-hmm. but also, to those of you that are watching this and listening to this and have been a part of the Seventh-day Adventist faith for years, that have been a part of the faith community for years, I want to encourage you to try community and build it with those around you in your spheres that may not know Jesus. Amen. Those who may not have a connection with this church, those who, who may not be a part of the fold, perhaps. And when we do that, when we create community with the people around us, those few grapes that are kind of clustered around us, God's going to bless because those are the people that God's placed in your life to foster and develop community. So gentlemen, thank you so much for your thoughts this morning. We invite everybody back this afternoon at 5 p.m. This is elevate.org slash live. We'd love for you to join the conversation. There were a few questions and comments that came in at the end right now that we're going to be talking about at 5 p.m. this evening. So the invitation this morning, you got to try this. You've got to try community. Well, community obviously goes beyond the church. You take it with you everywhere. You can create community anywhere with anyone and bring Jesus there because you can do it with your life and the way you present yourself. I think community is about supporting each other. Kind of reminds me of the lawyer in the Bible that said to Jesus, hey, who is my neighbor? And then basically what I got from Jesus's answer is your neighbor is anybody nearby who needs your help. Community is for helping others, but also it benefits us. For example, years ago, my family took a trip to Colorado. We went to Pagosa Springs and our very first day there was Sabbath. 
And it was so tempting to, you know, f- skip finding a local church with people we didn't know and just going up into the mountains by ourselves. But we decided to try community even on vacation. So we went to church, very, very small church. And guess what? When everybody there found out that we were visiting and there for vacation, each one of those people there at church took us out to do something. One day we went horseback riding. Another day we got rides up to the best place to inner tube. Somebody else took us to some awesome trails. And so it's like we got all of this inside stuff because we chose community. You know, sometimes we might think we're, we're isolated, but human beings should never be isolated. No man is an island. And some people don't have community. And when you don't have community, you also don't have people to tell you the truth that you really need to hear. There's another verse in the Bible that says, a wound from a friend is actually better than kisses from an enemy. And I I think having community means you're gonna have people that will tell you the truth sometimes, even when it's not what you wanna hear, because the truth sets you free. Who can you lean into for community? Now, everybody's got concentric circles of concern, people that are closer to them than anybody else. So who is nearby that would be good for you or you for them to try community with? Maybe you can even send them this podcast. Our executive producers are Michael Gibson and Jonathan Coker. Our team includes Evelyn Alanis, Candice McCormick, Samu Sialoga, Alethea Galvin, Emily Weaver, and Issa Manu. Special thanks to Danae Sanji in 88.3 The Journey and Devin Grady and the Keen Church media team.